This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Wednesday, it's the 8th of November 2023, and today we're back into the inbox, and I have some sad news to share. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hi, Sean Priest. How are you today? I am gorgeous. Thank you, Stephen Scott. How are you, sir? I'm loving it. I don't know what it's like where you are in the world, but where I am sitting right now, it is wet, it is miserable, it is cold, it is dark. Welcome to Scotland. Uh, it's absolutely fine. It's the same in Manchester. I've just took the dog out, and believe me, I am moist. Yes. Uh, I didn't. So, so I yesterday the bins went out, right? And you got to put the bins out or dumpsters. It's a tech show, honestly. It yes. is. Uh, do you know, this is, I need tech for this solution, right? There has to be a, a robot developed that goes and fetches the bin because it's still sitting outside the house. And you know that way you think to yourself, I know every neighbour's not caring less because they all have their own lives. But in my head, they're all looking at that bin right now saying, get that bin back in the they're house. They're all judging you. Yes. Exactly right. And you know what? Whenever I walk into a bin that someone's left out the day after trash pickup i believe it's called Oof. in other places well done. i get so annoyed with that person for not taking their bin in but i must I'm say rebelling. my neighbor brings my bin up for me oh getting assistance because God. i am disabled so yeah, he does you're leaning into me. that i'll tell you mm-hmm. we want self-driving bins that's what we need <laughs> this is I, ridiculous wouldn't it be cool if you had like wasn't there that talk for a while of wheelie bins that could move out the way it's a spot someone walking towards them it would just get out the way for you I mean, they've got oh, wheels on them. Be... We're halfway there. That's a very good point. How do you identify your bins, Stephen Scott? Because I've got four bins, huge wheelie bins, all for different things, garden, recycling, paper, and general. But they're, the only difference between them are the colours. They're yes. different colours. I have no idea what colours they are. Um, so how do you, what do you do? Do you uh, mark them in some way? Are you seeing AI? Because on the top it says, uh, you know, what they're for. Uh, No, I have a system. Oh. We have a bin house, a trash can house, a little separate place. Oh, do you? Yes. A little little second home for the rubbish. home for the bins. (laughs) Uh, And they're all in there in a select order. I'm very particular about the layout of the bins in the said house, you see. And... I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous. It was, do you know what? It happened because uh, we got rats at the house, as a lot of people are getting that these days. It's not uncommon. Yes. Uh, let's not go there. Um, but this is a horrible topic, right? But, you know, it's just one of those things that sort of happened. And um, as a result, my wife, who's very clean, and we're very, I think we're a very clean family, but I don't think that had anything to do with the rats coming in or not. I don't think it's got anything to do Everyone gets rats, rats. Exactly, it happens fine. either way. But the point was that she was getting really panicky about it. So she was concerned even about the bins outside. So she said, look, I found this thing that you can get, which is a bin store. And it's like, I guess, a bike shed type thing. It's not very high, but it's. It, I know exactly what you're talking about because I've but looked it's built at them for before. Bins. It's yes. built for the bins, and you can. And what's cool is, I do quite like this. When you open the lid, all the bin lids are connected by a chain, so they all open up for you. So you, you just oh. literally open up the bin shed and then throw the bag in wherever it needs to go, and that's it. Can you- can you make that automated? Some sort of servo system, oh, motion detection. That yeah. would be uh, 
That would be even better. You're determined to bring tech into this show, aren't you? Sorry. I'm against it. <laughs> uh, listen, I do have some sad news to share today. It is sad news, but it is important news. Breaking news. news. Yeah. Uh, I'm the broken one because uh, after yesterday's show, so much excitement with coffee. Today, no coffee. Oh, what? Why? What's morning. the matter? No coffee. There's no coffee pods left. Nothing left <gasps> in the house. I am a sitting famous here. Blue song. Got I, up this morning. <laughs> my pots were gone. Wasn't that the Sopranos theme? Um, <laughs> but I, I got up this morning and no uh, coffee. So I'm drinking water. I know. Oh, like despicab- a savage. Dis- disgusting. Ugh. Unbelievable. Mm. Well, you know what to do. Get on to a certain well-known <laughs> online store and you will have it within moments. So... This is where the tech, the tech angle comes in. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, I, know. I know. I know. I um, know. Breaking this is, news. This is where the tech bit comes in. So last night, oh, no, she's talking to me. Oh. I think this is her, it, this is her telling us oh. to start doing the show. Do you know that? That's exactly what she's doing right now. She's telling me to start doing the show. And it's funny because I'm just about to talk about you and you're jumping in on top of me. That's Quickly not nice. Quickly unplug her. Yeah, I know. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, I'm sitting last night thinking, no coffee. What am I going to do? And I asked Lady A to reorder my coffee pods. Oh, and she yes. Said, I always forget about that. Yeah. Yes. And I think people do forget about this. Whatever you've re- or pre-ordered in the past or, or ordered in the past will be available to you via voice. It's, I find it quite difficult to buy specific things if it's new because oh, yeah. it doesn't Impossible. seem to understand what on earth yeah. I'm talking about. It'd be like, Terrible. I- I'd like to buy some coffee. Uh, we have four screwdrivers available, uh, yes. you know, at a price of <laughs> £99. Uh, buy now? Uh, what? So, um, yeah, basically just asked Lady A to reorder coffee pods. She told me that based on your order history, I see you've ordered this. And so she said, would you like to buy it now? And I said, yes. Um and then, and I must have set this up ages ago. I don't remember it, but it said, "Tell me your voice pin." Oh, which I must have set up, and yes. I guessed it, and it was right. And so, all zeros, bing. all ones. Exactly, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and that was it. It was done, and it's ordered, and it will be here today. And I thought that's actually really smart. And I forget about that. I forget the capability of Lady A just to ask to reorder something. But it, it has. To, I think it works best when you're reordering something if you're buying something oh, fairly regular. Yeah, I must say, mine used to. I haven't heard it do it in a long time. It used to say, would you like to order your kitchen towels? Is something we go through yes, so yeah, much yeah. in our house. It's about now you order kitchen towels. Would you like to put them in your basket? And it just comes out with that randomly. But it used to. I haven't heard it in a while. But that sort of thing is actually really handy. But like you said, trying to order something new through uh, the smart speaker Tricky. is just, it's, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't really understand what on earth you're talking about, or at least what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, that was a cool little feature. I just thought I'd mention it, but I also just wanted to tell you I have no coffee. So if, if I seem a little, fl- a little flat, see, I can't even say it. If I seem a little <laughs> flat, a little flat today, ah, I turned Irish all of a sudden. Um, wow, can I just apologise? We're all the same people. Look, I'm sorry, but Scottish people and Irish people are the same people. Celtic. Irish people said at some point in their lives, it's not cold enough here in Ireland. Is there anywhere else that's colder? Follow the black clouds. Follow the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> and Scotland was born. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. But history. Well, I'm glad, about history I'm glad, amongst the tech. There you go. I'm glad your lack of coffee made the intro <laughs> to this tech show, Stephen Scott. Very, very sad news. Very sad news indeed. Uh, now, listen, lots of you getting in touch from yesterday uh, and following up yesterday on the subject of blindness and 
my conversation that I had with you guys on Friday. Uh, I wanted to go back to some of the messages we didn't get to yesterday. And one in particular was from Tim Dixon, longtime listener and also a regular contributor to this show. He was the guy you'll remember who very kindly went all the way to Site Village for us in Birmingham and did all the recording for us when we, when we basically did I didn't. did an excellent job. I know, he was amazing. So, uh, yeah, it was good to hear from him. It's always good to hear from Tim. And he got in touch to share his thoughts on this. Hey, Stephen and Sean. It's Tim Dixon. Thanks for raising the subject of blind and using the term blind. And as a partially sighted person, there was a long time that I didn't use the term blind. And... You know, I'm not blind by, I'm not even clinically blind yet, but I've found that I need to use the term blind, as Sean mentioned in the episode, just because that's what people associate as you needing more help. If you use the term I'm partially sighted or visually impaired, they don't step up, they don't know what to do. Um, and it's much more effort. And, you know, every time you have to tell somebody that we're visually impaired, or explain our condition, that brings back part of the grief, part of the trauma of of losing our sight. It's, mm. it's difficult, and particularly difficult when I, I said to my son, I said, oh, Daddy's blind, and he goes, Daddy, you're not blind, you're partially sighted. And it's like, what? yes, you're right, son, I am, but I say I'm blind because people don't know what to expect from partially sighted it's it's so much of a spectrum and when you've got you face that in your house and out of your house and then within the community and there isn't a good way of communicating what's needed you know your needs bind is the the thing that really communicates it but at the same time you you have that inner battle that Using a, I use a white cane, and you're going shopping, and you're out and about, um, and people assume that you're completely blind. Do you have to say, "Oh no, I'm okay. I had assistance through airports recently," and it's like, "How much can you see? Do you want to grab my arm?" And it's like, "No, I'm okay. I can see in peripheral vision." So, for for many, that's great. It, you know, and. It is good that I've got that level of vision, but it is difficult. Uh, I think it's a topic that's just going to bounce around and go on and on. I don't think there's a right answer to it. I think, um, and I feel for people that have no vision and are using the term blind and it really means blind against um, someone like myself that's severely uh, not even severely sight impaired yet clinically um but does have to use a white cane and does use turn blind to get the assistance i need it, it's an emotive one thanks for raising it hope that adds to the discussion speak to you soon yeah mm. does add a lot to the discussion um you know what i hear from you there tim and i honestly i hear so much of me in that and and over the years things I've said, the way I've said them. When you talk about, yeah, well, I, I'm sight impaired, but I'm, I, I'm not really severely sight impaired. And I, I'm, it's just like we're, we're endlessly justifying ourselves. We're endlessly trying to justify ourselves as part of a community, as part of something, as part of, you know, fitting in to some degree or, you know, working up to whatever standard the next person we meet has decided is the standard. Yeah. 
and you know we face it all the time, right? I mean, you go into a store. I, the stores are a good example of it. You go in, and someone will say, "Do you need assistance?" I remember once, same store. I tried this twice. It was two different assistants, same store. And on the first occasion, I said it was partially sighted, and she just walked off and said, "Okay, you can follow me then." And then yep. the second occasion, I said it was blind, and she said, "Would you like my arm?" And I thought, well, that's just stark, right? That is just a stark example of how two different members of the general public look at how this works. And you never know their their perception of partially sighted, visually impaired, or I've got bad eyes, I I've used to say, for a long yeah. time. But blind, using the term blind is just a shortcut. That's how I used it when I did actually have usable vision. It was just a shortcut to bypass all that, well, I can see this and I can't see that and I need guiding and whatever else. You don't want to explain all that. So if you just say, hey, I'm blind, people will automatically go to a certain level. Yeah. And it's just easier. That's right. It's like, you know, inside the community, we tend to be a little bit more descriptive of our vision. Yeah. You know, because that's the thing, right? As much as we say we don't want to talk about it, and and we don't really, and actually what we're really saying is we don't want to talk about it with sighted people because it just becomes this journey of exploration for them. Oh, so what does that mean? And how does that work? And how does this, how many fingers am I holding up? And all this nonsense starts and you just get so oh, yeah. fed up so quickly. Yeah. And, you know, we moved into this area um, nearly 10 years ago and we started talking to neighbours and we realised every time we spoke to anyone, everyone was just asking questions about the vision. No one was really asking anything else, you know. There was no expectation that we worked. I mean, I think people thought, how how did you buy a house? You know, I think oh, someone yeah, someone yeah. almost didn't quite go as far to ask that, but didn't get far away from it. Like, how no. did you? How do you do it? Did, did, does the government look after you? <laughs> it's like, yes. yeah, yeah, the government they owned give this. you that house. Yeah. Yes, Rishi Sunak will be around later to check up and make sure we're keeping the place clean. <laughs> Um, clean out the gutters. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, no, there is that. You're absolutely right. There is that perception in my old house um on the estate it was a you know, a pretty um i could say rough estate um everyone just thought i was an alcoholic that was what <laughs> that's what people knew me as because i would you know trip over curbs <laughs> or whatever mate, i'm from glasgow that's, that's it comes with the territory <laughs> but you know what when we moved here we made the decision we are it's almost coming out <laughs> yes. as blind. And with the, the first day out, we both went out with our sticks and, you know, we were feeling our way around, you know, getting to know the, the environment. And I don't know why that is, why I was so caught up in sort of hiding it where I used to live. And again, I think it goes back, you mentioned it just before, Stephen, that so much of these emails that we're getting sort of, I can relate to that so much. But it kind of goes back to, the change that we go through and and people not sort of recognizing how could you see this before but now you can't yeah it's it's really difficult to grapple but there's also you're trying to accept it as well as trying to get it across to other people it is a complicated topic it is and i just i hate the the mental gymnastics that you're going through with all of this tim because i'm hearing what you're saying and it feels like you are just you know, even your child saying to you but dad you're not blind I mean that cuts so deep, right? And and of course that's there's no malice from a child. Yeah, but you could he's argue just, he's, he's just got saying more of what a... he, he he thinks is is what's going on, right? Yeah, but he may have more knowledge of what the difference is anyway. Mm, it may not be, you know, like you say, just a offhand remark. It may be he actually knows the difference. Do you know the bit that's missing in all this? 
and I've been thinking about this. This this has made me think a lot in the past couple of weeks since this since what happened on Friday. And in a way, I'm kind of glad it did because although it's never a good thing to happen, it has brought up a very interesting conversation, and I think a lot of people have benefited from it. I know I have. Yeah. And by the way, there's things talking in the background, and I don't know how to stop them. So we'll just we just have to carry on. There's welcome to a tech show. Uh, there's tech in it. it. What happens is on this on this particular <laughs> tech, tech show, over. the way it works is we don't really talk about any tech. The tech talks for itself. <laughs> that's kind of how it works around here. Just randomly, things will start talking. So, oh, that's a piece of tech. Ah. Anyway, back to the blind thing. Um, so you know, the thing is, this has stirred up so many emotions for me. And the one thing I think we don't do enough of is celebrate people who do have some vision. It's like we all we do is almost look for the most blind person. And the most blind person is the hero. And the one with the most amount of vision in the partially sighted world is the villain. And I think that's, that's how hmm. it, it kind of always comes across to me because blind people will tell me, well, you've got some vision, so you're okay. Completely disregarding my life, my experiences and everything else, right? Just completely dis... I mean, it's not even just... It's not even acknowledging the challenge in any that way. The issues that that brings in its own. And I'm not expecting... Yeah. A, I'm not a victim, right? I mean, I, I know everyone these days, you know, it's victim culture is a very thing. It's a big thing these days. Everyone loves to be a victim. But I, I'm not a victim of anything. But what I'm looking for is some kind of recognition of acknowledgement. I'm not looking really for anything more than for someone just to say, you know what, I get it. Okay, it's tough for you too. That would be enough. That would be enough for me. I don't, I don't need any more than that. I just, I do, what I don't want is criticism for something I have no control over. It's like, the, it goes back to the blind pride thing. Why am I proud of something I have no control over? I'm mm. proud of having two hands. Uh, okay, um, great. Congratulations, but I had, I had no control over that. Really, that was kind of just it came with me, and that was it. I've I, I didn't ask for this eye condition. I didn't want it. Um, if I could take it back, I would. Um, but I can't. So that this is it for me. That's it. So you know, I think we have to start sort of. I think celebrating it a little bit for people who do have a vision. Just be like, do you know what? Good for you. That's great. And if you can use your vision, look, you know, I saw I saw a message yesterday on Mastodon. It was not related to this discussion, but I thought it was a really interesting message. And the person had talked kind of on a similar vein. Maybe they've been listening, but they were talking about the 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 fact that, you know, from their perspective, sometimes in life they have too much vision and other times they don't have enough. And I thought, that's a really interesting point, mm. right? That's, you know, yeah. depending on the situation there are times when you can get things done. Like I, I have noticed this, I mean, to a much lesser extent than I could say a few years ago. But, you know, yesterday there I was, about 800 times Zoom on a 32-inch monitor trying to work out how to use Final Cut Pro. Now, am I supposed to celebrate that? Or no, you're supposed to hide that. Am I, exactly. Am I supposed <laughs> to hide that? Because then that suggests I'm not really blind. Well, there you go. You caught me. Hands up. I'll go to jail now. Because that's the point, right? Why are we not celebrating the things we can do? As opposed to, well, you're not really blind, so you can't say you're blind. So you're not part of this club. You're not part of this. You know, this goes back to my point about education for blind children who are low vision, who may or may not lose their vision later in life. If you start from the premise of where everyone is, you fail to prepare for the future. You, pre you know, a lot of us who are low vision 
learn Braille, for example, at school, then suddenly you've got the skills. You may not need them, but if you do need them, you've got them. And what's wrong with having that mix of experiences and knowledge, screen readers, no screen readers, celebrating? And also, I mean, this is another thing in web accessibility terms. There's so much talk about screen readers. Not everyone who's, in quotes, blind uses a screen reader. So we have to think about high contrast, vision, you know, all those factors as well, right? When we were designing the website, I was saying to people, look, make sure that the graphics are good on this, make sure it looks good, because it has to represent the low vision community as much as anyone else. You know, these are things we have to think about. We have to champion. We've got to stop talking down. And I feel that's what's happening. And it happens in our community way too much. And it has to stop. I think it's more disappointing in when it's happening inside the community than outside. Because, again, I don't expect anyone with no experience of disabilities to understand. But inside the community, it does feel a little bit more, ugh, I don't know, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think it's, it's, it's worse when it comes from within. But, you know, for Tim, for you, your experience, we should be celebrating. Good for you. You know, that's great. And what you can achieve. But, you know, it's interesting because I've met Tim. I've had a conversation with him. We met at a popular chicken restaurant when uh, both of us were, um, let's just say, less, less interested in our health. And um, <laughs> Business meeting. Where else would you go? <laughs> can, I, can I just expense that? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, um, Mr. F, can you? Uh, so, you know, it was a really interesting chat, though. But, again, it's that thing of, you know, Tim's like, well, I don't use a screen reader. And the way he said it to me, and you'll know what I'm talking about here, Tim, when we had the conversation. You Whispered. Know, it was kind of like, you know... Guilt. It's almost like, is that okay? You know, I don't use one. Of course it is. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. What works for you? What works for you works for you. And, you know, if you can benefit from a screen reader, great. But remember why a screen reader exists. Let's get to the point. It exists for people who cannot at all see the screen. Equally... High contrast and large text exists for those who can't read small print. Yeah. And I think if we just take the stigma, I, mean, I don't know where the stigma lives. I mean, the stigma lives within partial vision. But I think there's a stigma around blindness as well. So it's like there's two stigmas exist, but from different points of view. So from a sighted person, blindness is the worst thing that could possibly ever happen to you. And you know, if it happened to me, that would be the end of my world type thing. And then from a blind person's perspective being partially sighted must be nirvana yes that's right well we heard it before didn't we in in the land of the the, the blind the one-eyed man is king or yeah exactly, exactly. Well, partially sighted yeah. Is king. and it's almost said with a little bit of venom behind it sometimes yeah it's funny though yesterday i was in a taxi getting picked up from uh somewhere i can't remember where and uh, you have I was no with- idea where you were well, okay, I was at the doctor's. I didn't want to go into my medical problems, Stephen Scott, but What's if you want to you? delve into it... Tell me, tell Cher, you're diabetic. No, it, but it's again. fine. It's, yes, I've got. I had extra tablets. Anyway, yeah, so, extra. It's a diabetic plus. Is that what you're on? Yes, that's right. <laughs> diabetic turbo I'm, I'm currently on. Anyway, I was with Sarah, and the taxi picked us up. I went, okay, great, got in. Everything's fine, beautiful. And then he said, chatting away, lovely guy. And he said, you know what? I love you guys. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a bit... <laughs> All of a sudden, it was like, okay. Uh, okay, we'll still carry on the conversation. You know what? I really do. I love you guys. Okay, it's getting a bit weird now. I said, all oh, right. Why, why is that? Have we had you before? Like thinking he must know. No, no, no. But you know what? It makes me so thankful to God for what I've got. Jeez. And all of a sudden, the, the, the atmosphere just went boom. Okay, so you're you're thankful that you're not 
us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, sometimes you think, do people even think what they're saying? No. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, he obviously, he, look, he was a lovely guy. I'm not saying that. He was very friendly. And There's never malice in it. No, no, but it was just, do you know what you're saying? I'm so thankful I'm not you. Okay, I kind of understand that, but eh, yeah. He didn't get a tip, put it that way. Well, you should have responded by saying, oh, I'm glad um, that you're not me either, because this would have been a very interesting drive home otherwise. <laughs> yes, all the humour went out of that uh, yeah, <laughs> of that journey at that minute. Like, oh, okay. Well, I know your partner, and I'm very surprised that that car was not destroyed by the time she, <laughs> you got home. <laughs> no, we just went silent. Yeah, that's even worse. Uh, okay, um, I want to go to... Uh, let's bring in this message. This is from Elmer, uh, or as we know him, E.T., uh, who phoned home uh, to Double Tap. And I love never gets that. old. I know, it never gets old, does it? <laughs> uh, but Elmer got in touch to share his thoughts on this. Hi, Stephen and Sean. I was listening to your Friday last podcast. I was very intrigued by what you were saying. It was so many things that actually pointed to me the fact that Sean has RP X-Link the same as I do and it's one of those things that you spend your whole life going blind and we are in such a situation that we always look like we can see so you get many I will say stupid questions coming at you but it comes down to the lack of education that people want to absorb and when I say that I don't just mean the sighted people I mean also blind people as you said the blind community sometimes can be very vicious in that because you're not totally blind then you're just what some would call a dimbo you only see partial what's going on true enough But the fact remains that when you have a loss of sight, no matter what degree it is, there is ways to correct it, maybe with some lenses, so you can read the newspaper with your glasses and can't without, well, big deal to us. But what they don't realize is that as that sight diminishes, it becomes very difficult to maneuver sometimes. And I rather than call it a disability, I call it a disadvantage. So we get very intelligent and we get very intuitive and start to look at, gee, how can I make this better? And we do this without even thinking about it, especially when you've got a very slow progression of sight loss. As for people who ask dumb questions, it's usually an indication that the tongue has moved before the brain has thought. (laughs) And if they would stop for a moment, think about what they're going to say before they say it, they probably wouldn't say it. Or maybe you could ask, how bad is your sight? How much vision do you have? I can accept that, but don't make stupid comments before you think about it. Everything you talked about, I have experienced. And sometimes it gets really difficult Now at the age of 70, I'm getting bullheaded. If people make (laughs) weird and stupid comments, I call them out on it. I refuse to allow someone to look at my wife and say, can he sign? Or those kinds of comments. Or 
They're looking right at your white cane and they haven't figured it out that you can't see. But those are just the things in life and I don't let them bother me. I get up in the morning. I realize that I'm awake. I'm alive. This is a new day. And maybe I can put a few more lumps on my head or some <laughs> scrapes on my face. Who knows? But it'll be an interesting day for sure. And sometimes I get very frustrated. And I break down to a point of either wanting to cry, scream, you name it. Mm -hmm. But all in all, the point is that we need to get back up off our knees, start walking again, and move ahead. Because in life, whether you're a sight loss individual or whether you're just a person that never had sight at all, you're still going to run into obstacles and you have to learn to maneuver around them. I hope I haven't taken up too much of your time. I really appreciate your show, whether you're talking tech or not. And by the way, Stephen, <laughs> don't be too hard on Apple. I use my HomePod minis a lot. And sometimes I get very frustrated with you, no, the girl. But mm -hmm. all in all, wow, can you imagine where we would be today if we didn't have the technology that we have? And that's not a criticism. I'm just reminding you to be a little more patient as yeah. I am always that patient. <laughs> so have a good one, Sean, you too. And we hope that you guys do well in your journeys. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Elmer. Thank you, E.T. That was a lovely email. Yeah. Thank you. And again, it's just this, this, resonance that we all have of these experiences together i think it, it does it does us good to share because sometimes it does. it does feel is this just me not being able to cope and that's a big issue that i can't cope with this i know you, fact, weren't, you were never somewhere talking that. about it right you weren't keen at, i think at the beginning you're like oh here we go and i think that's the problem sometimes in our in ourselves we feel we maybe shouldn't talk about this but then what has come out of this and i think is, is proven the need to talk about it is that Nobody else is. No one else is talking about this. And, you know, you go to, and I don't know what it's like in other parts of the world, but I've been to some of the, the groups where, you know, people talk about sight loss. And they're often led, especially here in the UK, it's a bit of a problem here. Everything's led by sighted people, right? So you get sighted people saying, okay, so Sandra, tell me about your situation. And it's all very, you know, and, and everyone just sits in the table and rods and yeah, yeah. But when you get into a serious discussion, it's difficult with sighted people in the room, right? Do you know what I mean by that? It's it's like there's conversations for the blind people to have together. Yeah. yeah. And you can't have those conversations. I often akin it to my, my my wife, you know, and her girlfriends that she has. You you wouldn't she wouldn't talk about things with them or she will talk about things with them that she wouldn't talk about with me or with me in the room. No, that's right. That's how it works. You know, and it's the same yeah. for us, you know, so we sometimes need to be allocated that space to do it. So, um, are you are you, um, are you proposing a safe space there, Stephen? I'm definitely not. This is not <laughs> I think a safe you are. space. I think you just did. Well done. No, I it's, agree. It's not a safe space. This is where we talk about things people don't want to talk about. That's the point. <laughs> An unsafe exact space. It's opposite of a safe space. But I, you know, I want to just take a moment just to say thank you to AMI for giving us this time to do this because they are providing us the space. And you know, yes. one particular man. I know most of the time he doesn't have a clue what's going on, but, you know, he very kindly 
uh, and rather perhaps stupidly said yes to this idea. And um, yeah, I just, yes. I just want to thank, I just want to thank them seriously because you know it, it means a lot to have this discussion. And I know it's a tech show; we are, we will get to the tech, I promise. But you know, sometimes it's good just to stop for a minute and just sort of reset. That's that's what we like to do here, as I like to do. So there you go. And if Stop you don't like you, it, then Mr. you can F. do it yourself. Um, right. All right. <laughs> I suddenly got aggressive. <laughs> right, stick around. More to come. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now. On Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And on Mastodon at Double Tap. Uh, Greg in Pennsylvania wants to chime in on the blind thing, but he also wants to talk about Apple's scary fast event and our reaction to it. Hello. My takeaway from your coverage of Apple's scary fast event with four very knowledgeable Mac users is that Mac users just can't wait to get rid of their Macs and trade them in for another Mac, then repeat the whole process the next year. It just seems like none of you ever actually find a Mac you're happy to keep long. I hate replacing my Windows computers and keep them as long as I can. I sort of have the impression you Mac lovers just love the process of setting up a new computer and want to do it over and over again instead of using the computer to get something done. Now that my iPhone 6S Plus no longer gets updates, I should probably replace it. The problem is I just can't find a phone with a form factor that suits me, and it still works fine, excepting the potential security risks. On another topic, you never answered the listener asking for podcasts to teach a beginner how to use an iPhone. The Canadian Council of the Blind podcast has been running a series called Unseen Touchscreen Course for several months, which seems perfect for that listener. Also, after a couple of listeners who have been blind from birth, not knowing anything else, I had a personal revelation. I think instead of being a blind person, I am really a sighted person who can no longer see. I think like a sighted person in many ways. I visualise everything and even things I've never seen. I, for example, have an image burned into my memory of the video of the death of George Floyd as a police officer knelt on his neck, even though I could not see any longer when that happened. But the image is as strong as that of the Twin Towers falling, the JFK assassination, or any other powerful image I actually did see. Very strange. And in my dreams, I still have perfect vision, no sightless dreams that I can recall. In this powerfully strong mental image, my wife is truly forever young. It was a real shock when Be My AI said the picture I took of her was an elderly woman at a kitchen stove. Worst of all, my wife heard voiceover say it. Oof. Regards, Greg in Pennsylvania. Oh dear. oh dear, that's a really interesting um, aspect of it, though. Mm. To even think about that, I'm a sighted person that can no longer see. Um, yeah, I suppose we all are. I, I think, in my mind, everything is still visual. So yes, that makes total sense. Yeah, well, I still live in that world, and I think it's because you do have some. I certainly have some residuals, so you know it, it kind of will come to life, or it'll be usable to some degree for like you know five minutes a day or whatever. But it's still there. And as a result, you know, you will catch things, you will pick things up. They may not always be accurate. That's the one that, that this is what <laughs> I have this fear actually of, of the vision I have because I, there's been so many occasions where I'm looking at something and I would swear to you, I would, if you, if you, if you stood next to me and said, what is that? And I told you what it was, I would swear to you and I'd almost bet my house on it that that's what I was looking at. And then yes, you might say, actually, it's this. And it would physically change in front of me. That freaks that, that, me yes, out. That happens all the time. You're absolutely right. The cameras do lie. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I once, I once was at an airport, and I was looking at the window, 
don't know why, but I was looking out the window, probably because I was bored. And I'm, I'm staring out the window and there's no plane, right? And the next minute, I swear to you, and this is so bizarre, such a bizarre thing, the the voice came over the, the tannoy saying, you know, the, the plane, you know, it's time to board. And I'm thinking, board what? There's nothing there. And I turned around and there was the plane. Pop. And, and at first I thought, that, existed. that moved quick. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we get to where I'm going this quick? Because that was impressive. But yeah, it just kind of appeared in front of me. I've had, I get I've had all buses the time. change colour. I've had things. It's like, what on earth is going on? Just and, what I was going to say. People will say, you're wearing a, a red T-shirt or something. I could have sworn it was white or black yeah, or something. Yeah. I, you know, doesn't strange. happen all the time, but it does happen. And it's kind of freaky when it does because it makes you realise. Well, I don't know what it makes me realise. It makes me think, is, the, is it worse than even I think it is? That's the bit I don't know. It just shows you how much your brain sort of fills in for you. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's, it's like it's attaching an image rather than, act, you know, it's going off and searches, Googling for an image. Yeah, instead of just do. using the camera, you know? Oh, um, and um, yeah. stop buying Macs. Stop Steve. buying Macs. Yeah, yeah. I, do you know, I have to say, I think you've caught me on this one, Greg. I, I think I have to hold my hands up. I think I am a bit like this. I do love buying new tech, as you well know. And I, there is something about setting up a new, fresh machine, especially the smell of a brand well, new Mac. Just reset the one you've got. That's, yeah, it's boring, though. Well, it's not. It's exactly the same experience, though, isn't it? So can I tell you a story? Oh, I suppose so. So Apple bring out the new M3 MacBook Pros, right? You've got the M3 uh, version, you've got the M3 Pro, and you've got the M3 Max. And I immediately pre-ordered something. Yes. And it was, uh, I think I pre-ordered the, I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> this will, yes. It'll all explain this stuff in a minute, right? But yeah, it was a few versions. And anyway, so I'd been going through all the different configuration options and I chose the, I think it was like the M3 Pro with the 36 gigabyte and the one terabyte SSD, whatever it was, something like that. And I pre-ordered it. And I got a notification from Apple saying there was a problem with the payment. Now, the reason the, the problem happened was because I'd been using all these gift cards and had no money left. I, I don't think, I think one of the cards must have, because I have to say, those that gift card thing is a bit of a nightmare because I don't think you can scan them. You can if you, it's really weird, right? With Apple gift cards, you can scan them with your camera. You can actually scan them so that it will recognize the code itself. If you use the Apple App Store, you go into the Apple App Store, you can redeem the gift card by scanning the, with the camera. But if you're on the iTunes if you're sorry, if you're on the Apple website and you're buying something and you want to add the gift card number, you've got to manually enter it. There's no other way it would seem to actually get that number in there. So the only option I had was to take a picture of all the cards, send them to Ira, and get them to send me a text file back with all of the, the numbers. That was the only way to oh, do it. Oh, I see. Yeah. But someone got it wrong somewhere. And no wonder, because I'm sure the writing on these is terrible. And uh, one of the cards didn't work. So whatever happened, it, it, it failed and the payment didn't go through. So that was fine. So I cancelled the order, got in touch with the Apple agent. The Apple support app, by the way, is incredible. So, so good. You can, you can text with someone and that text conversation will carry on inside your messages app so you can continue on your Mac or, or any other device. And you can oh, just, have a, cool. you just have a conversation. And the great thing is never delete the session. Never delete the chat because as soon as you need to go back to Apple support, you can just continue right there weeks later. 
you can just go back to that text message and say, hey, how are you doing? And an agent will pop up and say, hi, how can I help you? I just love oh, it. Nice. It's, like, it's yeah. amazing. So anyway, I, I got in touch and I said, look, I'm having this issue. No problem. We'll cancel the order. So they did. And I said, okay, so I want to get back in and, and order something else. And then I ended up spending about £2,000 more on the next thing I ordered because I was like, ah, do you know what? I'll just buy the bigger one. Since I'm here, I'll buy the higher spec, oh, four dear. terabyte solid state. Yeah, okay, fine. And then a uh, great Scottish phrase, my bottle crashed, which means oh. uh, I got a little bit nervous and thought, I'm spending too much money. I don't like it. I'm getting nervous. So I cancelled the order. And now I have no idea what to buy. So I have no Mac coming. And I don't know what to buy. I now have no Macs. <laughs> As in no, no MacBook Air, your... no, Mac, no, yes. no MacBook Pro, nothing. So I'm thinking I need something when I'm on the move. And I was almost tempted last night, just based on what I actually need. I'm thinking, would the 13-inch MacBook Air with the M1 chip in it just do fine? Isn't that incredible? I mean, you go from an M3, <laughs> what, Pro, Pro oh, Max? I was up at the Max at the end. I was at yeah, M3 four Max. terabyte I, mean, I was spending, I don't know what it is. I think it was like $7,000 or something I was spending in Canadian. And now you're looking at M1. M1. <laughs> MacBook Air. Because when I think about it, what am I paying for? I mean, if, if storage, if I wasn't paying for the extra storage... What am I actually benefiting from? Yeah, okay, the power is one. That is definitely for sure. But if I'm using this for basic tasks, what am I doing with this MacBook, right? I mean, if I'm broadcasting well, on it, that's one crucial. thing. But- that's crucial. What are you going to use it for? How much power do you actually need? Okay, but so we need to edit 4K streams of video. Well, I'm not going to be doing that. No. So I'm, I'm probably going to be editing on my QuickTime. You know the QuickTime app I talked about a while ago? Yes. Um, I'll be editing on that probably because it's nice and simple to do. I'll just be grabbing clips from the website or for whatever we're doing. We use Clean Feet. We use Riverside. These are all web-based applications. All it requires is a web browser, and the actual internet connection is the key. Yeah. So what do I actually need? Audio editing, an M1 is more than capable. Of course. So you kind of think, what's the point? Why am I spending all this money? The Air is a lovely form factor as well. So portable. It's just so, so nice. The M2 version, the reason I'm not going for the M2 is I just, I don't know. And it's funny, someone else mentioned, I think it was Michael Babcock mentioned this. I think his wife mentioned that she didn't like the form factor at all. And I thought, that's the first other person I've heard say this. I don't like the new form factor of the M2 MacBook Air. I think it, I, I prefer the one with the razor edge. The one that's... I find that really interesting. That you're purely on the design of the laptop itself, you're willing to drop down a generation of processor. It's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? It is. Yes, absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so I don't yeah. know what I'm going to. So I've decided I'm going to go into the Apple Store at the weekend and just feel my way through them and see what happens. I don't know what I'll come away with. I'll probably spend <laughs> even more money than I intended, but I don't intend to, but that doesn't mean anything. So I'll let you come know Come back on with a lovely Windows laptop and everything will be great. <laughs> Do you know something? I, I kind of was thinking about this because my Lenovo laptop sits there and it almost like I feel sometimes that laptop sits there and just goes, hello, you know, Puppy I'm here. Puppy dog eyes looking at you. I've got, <laughs> I, I've got capability. I can do stuff. And to be perfectly honest, when I think uh. about it, there's not a lot I couldn't do with that. Aside the video editing, that's the only thing I couldn't do on the move. That's the one thing I can't do on the move on the PC. Yes. 
yeah, I agree. It does fall down a little bit there. Can I just say again, the new update to Windows in File Explorer, if I rename a file, um, the focus just jumps somewhere else, either in group share or details, and you've got to tab all the way back round again to get to tree view and then item view. It is absolutely terrible. I don't know what they've done there. I haven't dived into it to see if you can disable like the group share and the details pane or whatever it may be. Mm. I'm sure you can, or I hope you can, but wow, is it annoying. Plus, the latest version of Audacity, 3.40. Wow, do not download. Yeah, you're not having much luck with that, are you? Just No, you can't. Trying to paste into tracks is buggy. So uh, just for those Audacity users out there, stick with where uh, wherever you're at. I'm always a little bit reticent. I know some people talk about the, the challenges, and I'd rather see how they develop because sometimes it's a fix can solve it and that's it. But I did see a few people talking about um, issues getting Narrator to start in the new version of Windows that's come out, the, this new, is it 23H2? Oh, really? Uh, especially I, I at recovery. Recovery, uh, or at least at the startup process, getting the rate to start seems to be an issue for some reason. That's not good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I haven't gone that far back yet. Well, you haven't recovered your machine from from scratch. What's wrong with you? I know. What day sorry, is it? I, I don't Wednesday. Know what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but interestingly, on that subject of recovery mode, uh, Marco got in touch because you might remember Michael Babcock did an issue. Um, I've had it as well, where you cannot get to mm. the Wi-Fi icon on the status menu to enable Wi-Fi so that you can actually continue setting up the Mac. It just seems to be impossible to do without sighted help. Um, well, Marco got in touch with the suggestion. Hello, Double Tappers. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. This is in response to the problem Mike Babcock was describing about the recovery mode on a Mac where voiceover isn't able to get to the extras menu. Now, I was just in the same situation. I had to reset an older Mac because I bought an iMac and um, I'm going to trade this one in. So I listened to Michael's description before I actually did the reset. So I knew what to expect. Thank you again, Michael, for sharing your experience. And although this Mac was already running Sonoma, I could reproduce the problem with Sonoma Recovery as well. Now, I tried a couple of troubleshooting, uh, yeah, troubleshooting tricks like trying to move the mouse and telling VoiceOver to tell me what is under the mouse, which also does not work. So, VoiceOver plus F5 to speak what's under the mouse does not work in this instance either. Even if you route the mouse somewhere where you know something is and you then have voiceover speak it, it doesn't speak. It only gives that error ding sound. So what I did was I moved the mouse pointer up and up and up and to the right, to the right, to the right via the trackpad and then nudged it slightly to the left every so often and then clicked it. And at first I got to the language switcher, the keyboard input switcher, which is an item I knew was far to the right on that menu. So I closed that with escape, which worked, and then tried the same by nudging the mouse pointer to the left again. And then I actually hit, I think on the third attempt, the Wi-Fi network item and could down arrow to my Wi-Fi 
enter my password for the for the wi secure Wi-Fi, and then it continued to delete and reset and activate the Mac. So it was in a shippable state a couple of minutes later, and it was removed from my devices, and everything was good. So, but I know this isn't for the faint of heart. This is actually quite tedious. So if you have access to either a sighted person or Ira or some other assistant who can help you remotely, uh, you should definitely use that. I mean, I was lucky because I hit the right item on the third try, but this can become quite tedious. So yeah, it is doable without sighted assistance if you have patience and if you have the motor skills to move the mouse pointer just a slight bit. But other than that, sighted assistance is definitely the way to go here. Again, thanks for a great show and talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Yeah, so there's no simple way to do this, really, without a lot of faffing around with the mouse. Um, extreme faffage. Extreme is involved. faffage is involved. Say, Not accessible. The, touch, the touchpad is a good way to do it, though, because, you know, a couple of swipes to the top right corner, and you know you're in the top right corner of the screen. Mm. Whereas if you're using a mouse, obviously, it's slightly more mm, hit and miss. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Absolutely, it, it, it's doable, but it's that's not a good situation at all. Uh, CC chimes in on this as well. I have two things I'd like to put forward to you and your listeners. Uh, first is um, your most adept friend who called in with trying to reset a Mac. Would it be possible? See, I don't know what the reset process looks like, but would it be possible just to go to system settings and search Wi-Fi and turn it on or off in that instance. I don't know his circumstances, but that would be the simplest approach that I would take. And secondly, I asked uh, once before, but I know you didn't have time to play the message about Google Groups requiring uh, someone to sign in or log in before one is allowed access to read uh, messages and the responses from folks. I used to find this an amazing resource because oftentimes people will have come across difficulties that I've encountered and found results. I'm reluctant to sign in and log in because I just can't bear the thought of managing the what I imagine would be hundreds of emails that would come through with such a thing. So if anyone knows a way to access Google Groups without actually being a member of the group, I'd love to hear about it. Thanks. Um, thank you, Cece. I, I don't know much about Google Groups, but interestingly, I have just been added to one. So I'll have this experience myself in the coming uh, days. And interestingly, I have the same fear. I don't want to be sifting through hundreds and hundreds of emails. So I tend to avoid some of these list groups because yes. it's, just, it's just an endless supply it gets of emails. out of hand very quickly, very depending quickly. on the traffic. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't have any experience. So, um, yeah, let's throw that out to our listeners. Uh, thoughts, though, on the uh, setup. So, CC, great idea. And that would work absolutely if we were inside the Mac itself. But the problem is we're not. We're actually at the recovery stage. So the recovery stage is kind of like the BIOS on a Windows PC, right? So you've got very limited functionality in there. And 
that wouldn't allow you to get into those kind of settings, sadly. So that's that's one thing that I think perhaps maybe they could almost like have a little system preferences, like a mini one in there that could give you some access. They to just this. need to fix this bug. It's a bug. Uh, yeah, it's... but there's other things. I mean, so I mean, they do have accessibility in it, which is good. I mean, unlike the BIOS and Windows, right? You can easily navigate right. around. You can. Don't get, don't get defensive. I'm just oh, yeah. saying. Just a little defensive. This, this needs this needs fixing. Did I tell you I've got no coffee? Yes, you did. Uh, Pete got in touch. <laughs> Hi, Laura, Sean and Stephen. Oh. thought I'd put that in order of importance. <laughs> Firstly, I know Dean Absolutely. has a bromance love for Sean, which he obviously knows is unachievable as Sarah has him under the thumb, probably a yes. knitted thumb, and forced out of the house into a shed, and the dog got his old under the stairs office. But anyway, can we please get this whole <laughs> long-nosed gym name explained? Is it a New Zealand yes. thing? Agreed. I'm curious, but not enough to Google it. Uh, just imagine the results that might come up. Anyway, yes. my reason for emailing, the new air fryer from Cobalt, mentioned on a recent show. I'm not normally wanting blindy products like this, as they are often somewhat patronising. I mean, door open, anyone? By the way, not sure the guy caught your sarcasm about this. Wonder <laughs> if the in-development updated microwave will keep this phrase, lol. I'd like to get a traditional air fryer, which would be cheaper, but there are so few with accessible knobs and dials and smart ones rely on apps which either don't work in the UK or could become inaccessible, making your smart air fryer a rather dumb ornament. So I'm thinking of getting one of these cobalt air fryers, but I'm curious. Are they easy to clean? Washing up is a pet hate of mine. And what types of food do people cook in them? Cooking instructions on food only ever seem to mention oven or microwave instructions. Can people perhaps send in ideas on what they cook in theirs? Perhaps an accessible air fryer recipe guide could be put together, in addition to Sean's knitting in the shed guides. <laughs> One final thought. After checking out the Cobalt site, which at this time is quite limited on details of the air fryer, it sounds like it might have a door open phrase too. Taken from their site is this statement, for safety once complete, the fryer will announce fryer temperature high every 20 seconds for two minutes. Hmm... I make it that that could potentially say this six or seven times based on this. Fryer temperature high could be the new door open. God, I hope that this warning can be toggled off. Cheers, <laughs> Pete. I don't think it can. That's the problem. We did ask that question, didn't we? And uh, it seems that these well, are all I preset. Was, I was asking about the every minute countdown in the last five minutes or ten minutes mm. uh, it could that be turned off but um that couldn't so who knows but I, i'm with you normally these sort of products i think are just slightly too expensive for me and i can make do like with the microwave i've had the talking one before and i've also most of the time had a just a mainstream one and the, the way i work it is simply with the quick minute start button as long as i know where that is on any machine mm. that's how i use it four minutes anything going into microwave four minutes um but having the talking one accessible one it is better i mean having the ability to just use it fully is a better experience so i i'm interested in this one i think i'll probably get one when my current one um bites the dust i probably will get one of these final word to camille on air fryers i purchased a simple air fryer for fifty dollars I usually set the temperature to the max since that seems to work for most food I cook. I use my Amazon Echo as a timer. Happy tapping, you two. Camille. Yep. Uh, do you know, it, it's so important to mention that because my dad had this issue the other day with a microwave. He was saying he's having trouble seeing the, the dials on it. Just it's very simple. Two knobs, one for 
I guess, defrost and the different heat settings, and also the knob for time. And he said, I can't see the numbers on it. I said, you know what? Just just whack the thing on full, just turn it all the way around. That's what I do. And then yep. just set your smart speaker to say, you know, five minutes or whatever. And then when it's done, just turn it off. That's it. Done. Yep. That's the cheap Absolutely. way to do it. Yeah. But but I think that's the thing, though. A lot of us have found that solution. So I'm just want, what I will be interested to see is what the take up of this is. I think it'll be popular, no doubt at all. But a lot of us have already found the solution. Are we going to replace what we have with this? Interesting question. Mm. Um, and yeah, accessible recipe guides, so a cookery show, knitting show. We're certainly not a tech show anymore. It would seem that's for sure. Tech. Anything <laughs> but tech. That should be our new name. Uh, we're back tomorrow. Bye, Sean. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.